Good afternoon. I take this as an honor every time I preach because it reminds me of your desire to hear the Word of God and the trust that you place in those that stand here to deliver it. And I don't take that lightly. It's an honor. And uh, I pray that I always live up to the standard that the Lord would have, myself and others that take this place, that we would live up to the standard. And uh, it fascinates me that worship and our worship leaders in their faithfulness to hear the voice of God in their preparation for what is this Sunday. And we haven't yet gotten to the place where, as a team, we have sufficient time where we can sit together regularly to develop the Sunday flow as one body. So we have to lean on God. And we lean on God and we trust God to speak to the speakers, the preachers, and to the worship team to formulate his desire for what he wants spoken, expressed in our service. And it humbles me when I don't speak to Sujin or Aaron and they come to, get to their own conclusions in listening to the voice of God and they prepare themselves to lead us into his presence with the songs that the Spirit has spoken to them and the level of synchronization that happens between their ability to hear the preacher's ability to hear without conversation on the back end. Uh, from a production perspective of a service, maybe it speaks of our lack in terms of having the space on a regular basis to sit together and plan these things together. But it also speaks to me of the faithfulness of the Lord and our ability as broken individuals to be able to hear together and to bring it and present it to the Lord as an offering. So thank you. Where I'm going today was the first song that Sujin led us with. If you remember, the, do you remember the song? What was the opening line? May our homes be filled with gladness. Right then I knew, uh oh, this is a very special Sunday. Not that other Sundays are not, don't get me wrong. But God's got his finger on this one. Because as much as we, I, I don't know about other preachers, as much as we prepare, I prepare, I still want to know that I have heard correctly. I want to know that what I'm going to bring to you is actually from him and not from my heart or my mind or my experience or whatever, because we're all influenced by our surroundings and our, what we do. So when she started off with that, may our homes, I thought, oh, yes, Lord, may our homes. And then we continued. And then the next song. What was the next song? Shout to the Lord. When do you shout? When do you shout? No, when. <laughs> Marriage counseling classes will begin this Sunday. <laughs> I love the honesty. I love the honesty. You know, you all assume that that's a bad thing. 
Uh, okay, most of you assume that's a bad thing when we shout at home. But the song says, shout to the Lord. Why? When do we shout to the Lord? When we're happy. When do we shout at home when we're, we're in front of the TV? When we're winning. When the, when the team scores a point. When the Raptors make it fact that we, the North, rule in the basketball world, right? When we make that hit, when we have the victory, when, when else do we shout before the game? When do we shout before the game? When the team comes onto the stage, right? When the team comes out, whether it's in hockey or basketball or whatever, when the team actually surfaces, in other words, when the captain and his crew come on the scene, the spectators, the ones that are participating, shout out. And sometimes there's even trumpets. Remember in hockey? They used to even play it on the organs. At least at the Maple Leaf Gardens they did. Okay, those that remember that place. What was the third song? You are my king. May our homes be filled with gladness. We will shout, and you are king. And then it scared me because it wasn't just one song that gave me the hint, okay, I got this, I'm on it. It wasn't just two, but it was three. And it continued with every song that we picked. Thank you. Thank you for your ability to hear his voice. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being Korean with big ears that can hear. <laughs> Rabbit ears. Right? Remember the pictures I put on the screen? Korea is a map that looks like a rabbit, both north and south. When you put them together, it looks like a rabbit with big, long ears. Koreans have the ability to have their hearts open to hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. And we're so blessed by that. So, what, you know, I'm building this up. Uh, but before I do, uh, before I get into what I'm going to share with you, I want to give you a practical expression of it. I don't have a video. I have a person. Does that work? Is it better than a video? Yeah. A live person that will come up here and share their own words. One of us, not somebody from outside. One of us that will share their own words as to how God, when a home was prepared, the home was filled with gladness, and how God caused a shout to come out, Right? And that he is king. Elham, come up here and join me. How are you? Are you okay? Elham, Habs, Elham, Hab, Hab, Hab. Can I take a deep breath? There's nothing to be nervous about. This is good. Right. Okay, take the mic. Can we go there? No, this is good so they can all see us. Okay, good. Okay. You take the mic and share with us what God has been doing in your life for the last few months. I'm here if you need me. Yes, please. <laughs> Hi. Hi, happy church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know where to start. It's... Okay, it's been a... It's... What did you used to do in Iran? <laughs> so you want to start there? No, I want to I wanna say... I want to share a good news because I got what uh, I, f I thought it's going to be impossible. And I got it with a journey with God, with Jesus. And it's not just the good news about like what I got. It's good news of his existence and his faithfulness. Amen. 
So, so back in Iran, I was dentist. I went. I I came. There was one million people competing, and they only take take the first like. 500 and I come 250 and I got into like government dental schools like I didn't pay a penny like to like graduate and then right after graduation after a year um, I immigrated to Canada so I didn't practice as a dentist and and then I came here I was all by my own and I like I had to like you know I had a lot of financial struggle and I didn't know Jesus back then and then so it took a long journey to Get me where I and, and I never. There are like each year there are like over one thousand new dentists are immigrating to Canada from around the world, and three thousand dentists each year are competing to get licensed here. And they're like, if you want to go to university, they're all across Canada. Only sixty seats available. So it was a competition that I even dare thinking about. And then. You, you you keep telling yourself that lie till you believe it. You're like, okay. Uh, this And I, at one point, I was even telling people, I hate dentistry. I don't, I even hate the smell of that office. Like, it, I was, and then, and then the first person, where, where is Shole? She, she was, she was the first, Shole, you hear me? I love you. The moment I stepped in this church, I, I didn't know her. I just cried in his arm, on her arm, showless. And then when she knew more about me, she kept telling me that, like, I see you as a provider. God wants kid, his kids to be providers. I, I, you should go for what you're, like, you should go for you should go for this. And I'm like, I, this is impossible. This is like, I've tried. I've failed. She's like, you, but you, you were not a church. You didn't, you didn't have Jesus. You fought alone. You just you were alone fighting. And then, so she kept telling me. She kept every situation. It, it, it got annoying at one point. I was like, surely stop it. Like, it's, it's, I get it. I got with you. I can't do it. She's like, okay, God has his own timing. It's okay. And she kept saying, and then it was, it was September. Yeah, it was, uh, no. So it was like maybe a year and a half ago. It was January. And then, and then. I kept thinking about it, and, I, and and then I kept searching, and then I heard more of a like failure news. They're like, they're not, no, they're, they only take a few Iranian because your background is Iranian. They don't take many Iranian. They take like this this nationality. So like all all things of like discouragement. And then for 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 a Christmas dinner, Jacob and Sujin they invited Elahe and me to her, their place. They like our family, like like like. Like we felt we had a Christmas dinner, and then they shared their story of like, like how 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 they got where they were, and then I felt something is telling me that like God is like you know giving me a confirmation that like okay, it's maybe not impossible if God is with me, and then and then in, in the in the retreat last year. I got this, that my spiritual gift is faith. So I said, like, if, if this is my gift, God, I have faith in you. If this is my path, you, you lead this path, and, and I'll, I'll trust you. I just trusted him. That's all I did. I said, I just trust you.
And I, it's a very expensive path, and I didn't have money. Farzad, he's my friend. Now it's how many years? Like four years? Four years now. And then he, he knew I was like, I, don't, I have no money to, to even like think of trying again because I've already put it all and then, then nothing left. And then, and I was telling Jesus, if you think it's, it's right, you are provider. I want to be provider to your children. You are the provider to us. Just, and that sermon was that you shouldn't, you don't worry about your bread and your, it's given to you. And one day, one boy, one day you think about it one day. And then, and then the, the following week, I got approved for a, like a student line of credit with a race that I like could totally afford it. With a, and then I'm like, okay, God, I got it. This is the confirmation. This is the start of the path. And then I went and I, I had to I had to commute to London for all through winter from January to April. And Anna knows I was so scared of driving. I was scared of getting behind the wheels. And she encouraged me. She said, like, get behind the wheel. God will bless that car. I take it to their house. The first day I got my car, I took it to their house. They they prayed. They blessed my car. And I drove to London every single week in the winter. And it was, there was the worst time. There was the, one time I ran out of sh- windshield fluid. And it was, and I'm like, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do <laughs> So, and then it got so hectic, the schedule there that I, I and, and with that course, they don't, you don't even know you're accepted or not. You're just like going there to, to show them your interest. That's all. And then, then it's up to them to choose. And, but it got so hectic, the program, that I had to quit my job. So I'm, I'm thinking, and every confirmation coming that, yes, I should do it. So I'm going to quitting a job that is paying pretty well and going for uh, taking line of credit and going for a, something, a chance that is like less than 8% passing rate. Like every single person thought I'm crazy there at my work. They were like, okay, good luck, good luck. But they had a, like a kind of funny smile in their face. And I'm like, and I was shaken in, in, inside, but like, like Shole was on my speed dial. <laughs> Shole. <laughs> Yeah, you were on my Smith dial. Like, thanks for putting up with whatever I put you through in this last year. Every time she picked up the phone, it was me crying on the other line. That was, and then, and then in that course, it was. It was a very toxic environment. Everybody was like, we were co- competing with very few seats. It was like everybody hated each other. It was like people killing each other. And then I, it got into me too. And I, I had to, I was missing church too. So I wasn't getting, and then one day I was like driving, trying to get here. I couldn't. And then I got here very late. And um, the first person that I saw was Dawson. And uh, without even saying hi, I said, like, I can't come to church. I'm missing church. (laughs) And he was like, church is there. Church is in your car. Church is wherever you go. You go do whatever you have to do. Church is with you. God is with you. And in Laura's cell group, she kept telling us, like, when you are angry in the traffic, God is there with you. It's not just when you are on Sunday and, like, you're coming to church. It's that, that. 
being stuck in traffic, which I was every weekend coming from London. And then I, and then the sermon, that sermon, the same day was that um, love uh, your Jesus loved Jesus. Uh, love their enemy tell you to even love the people that, like your ne- neighbor love everyone and i said like this is this is a challenge god but i'm gonna go there and love those people that are ready to eat each other <laughs> and it and it changed like like the professors the teachers started noticing me that i'm like i i i, I didn't do that for them to notice i was just challenging myself i'm like okay jesus want me to love the hater so it's okay let's try and then, and then um, so a few of them started actually like you know helping helping more like you know seeing yeah, like and then and then the worst came <laughs> so when when a little bit like the hope was up and it, like if things were going smoothly um i i i was excited that my mom and nasim are coming and they said like no we're not coming <laughs> Something happened in Iran and we're not coming. So that, and then I said, okay, it's okay. If they're not coming, I'm going to move to a smaller place. So I moved to that smaller place and that lady had, she didn't tell me about her dog. I love dogs, but I was allergic to her dog. So every day I was driving all the way from Richmond Hill to um, Etobicoke to go and sleep in that room that I'm rented. And I'm up the whole night because I'm allergic to that dog. And I can't ask the landlord to send their dog out. So I'm the one that has to go. And I don't even have time to look for a place. And I've already paid her like a rent of first and last and everything. And I kept doing it for like about a month and a half. And I got so sick because I wasn't sleeping at night. I was leaving the center here at 11 at night, getting there 12, being up with like allergy till like 4 a.m., sleeping for two, three hours, coming back like 7.30 in the morning all the way to Richmond Hill. So, and then one day I just felt, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So I don't know. I, I just called Anna and I said, Anna, I want you to pray because every time she prayed for me, she prayed for me like an angel. And every prayer she did was accepted, like right away, like it didn't even wait. And I'm like, Anna, I, I don't know what to do. I just know that I... I, I have to go to, through this and I, and I need a place to live. Can you pray for me? Because I, I found, and, and by that time I knew that my mom and Nassim are coming back. It was a, a month and a half past, so they made their plans. So, so I said, like, Anna, I, I found a place that they can stay in too, but it's not going to be available in the like, next three weeks. And I, if I move out of this place, I have to like, move, um, like pay double rent. But I, 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 can you, I, just, I don't, just don't know what to do. I, I'm not sleeping at night, and I'm having to compete with these people that coming. All prepared people are sending money from, for them from overseas, and all they're doing is sitting there and packed food, everything, and uh, just preparing, just practicing and she says prayer accepted and i'm like so what she said come come stay with me i'm like no i can't do that she said no come stay with me i want you this is what this is god's plan i'm not inviting you so she treated me like her daughter she gave me morale's room she packed me food every day she told every time that i was like going down she said like she see you have all your food packed because (laughs) 
And I'm like, no, I can't take it. And I, I, I'm going to eat out. There he's like, she said, no, you don't eat garbage. How can you eat this? And it's all by, it. this is your smoothie. This is your packed watermelon. This is, <laughs> so I was the one that had the best lunch at the center. <laughs> Nutrition is rinsed. And then three weeks, that, that, that house that I was planning to get, it got delayed by one more week. So she's, she was like emphasizing, no, I'm not going to let you go live there when they're doing renovation. So I stayed with her for a month. And she kept saying, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. I felt homeless that day that I was. And it's, it's okay if you are homeless, but you don't have an exam coming up that everybody's competing with. But I had both. And you have your mom and your sister coming and they're going to stay with you. <laughs> so. And then it, if it keep continuing God's favor one after the other, one after it, till the day of the exam. The day of exam was the day that I saw Jesus for the second time in my life. I, I saw him. I saw his presence. So. If you're going there, it's like two days exam. The first day, everything is going well. The last project, the time, the project that if you ask me where you don't need the help of Jesus, I would have said in this project, I can, I can do it. That project, it's like a, like doing a, like a, like a statue, like a sculpture. And that it, there is half an hour left from exam and that thing breaks in front of my eyes. It never happened to me, like, all through the, like, uh, there are a few dentists here. Like, my amalgam preparation broke. Like, the feeling, the feeling broke. And then I'm like, and I'm like looking, and we are, we have to wear these, like, loops, like, magnifying. And all I see is tears. I can't see anything. I'm just, and they're, um, they're announcing half an hour participant, half an hour left. I have another project left, and I'm just... And I'm, I was just lost. I was, and I, and I, and at that moment, I just felt that like this, the prayers that they say when you pray for someone, they feel it, they get it, it's get received. I, I felt I'm, I'm receiving it. I was, I was ready to give up. I'm like, okay, it's over. It's the first day. It's half an hour left. Two projects. This is already failed. And I started thinking about the, all those people who are praying and I received and I'm like, Jesus, you said you're going to fight for me, right? It's not, it's your battle. You're going to uh, fight for it. I need you now. I, and I don't, I don't even know how to do this. It's, it's, it never happened to me. I can't even believe what I'm saying right now. I've talked to five people after the exam. Nobody was given extra material, even when they asked. So there is a guy just passing, like, like I'm sitting here and doing, and he's here, and I'm looking at him. He's not an invigilator. He's one of the technicians that, like, fix and if anything. And he's, he has a box of all that material that I need, and he's asking me, asking me do you need any of this? Oh, <laughs> and I'm like... And I didn't even... I thought I'm, like, it's, I'm imagining because my eyes were on tears. <laughs> And I was afraid of saying yes because I didn't, I, I, I don't know, I thought everything is a test, even offering extra material. I should, should I say yes? <laughs> and then I was so hesitant. I said, like, maybe one. And he's like, okay. And then he took it and he said, do you need more? I said, I actually need three. So he said, okay, you can take as many as you want. 
So he's offering, he's bringing this, and then I take three of those capsules, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, I got it, I got it from here. And then I start doing it, and this verse keep coming through my head. That's like that you don't uh, you don't uh, fix uh, old um, you don't put old wine in the new um, jar. You don't. Uh, Yes, yes, and you don't fix something broken uh, that is old with a new pair. It kept coming through my head, and I'm like, at one point, I'm serious. I'm saying, Jesus, stop it. I have to focus on this. What is this? And I'm like, and this kept coming, and I'm like, and at one point, I'm like, okay. And I was, uh, these two know it now, because I was adding a new batch of amalgam to something old. I was adding something very new, very soft, very fresh to something very old, and it's not going to work. <laughs> and... And I didn't know it because this never happened to me. I wasn't experienced enough. But, and then I'm like, maybe this verse has something to say. And I'm like, so, okay, if it's new, if that's old, maybe I should, like, let it, like, be a little bit. And then they're, like, you know, the same. And then, then I start packing it. Then I'll be without it. And then I do it, and it turns to the most beautiful thing I've seen. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, did I do that? <laughs> So long story short, like I finish, I finish that like in less than half an hour. I do the next project. The following day, the, I'm doing the, my project, and one of the instructors passed. When I'm leaving my station, he's like, "Fine jobs, nice work. It's like art." <laughs> and they're not allowed to say things if you still haven't passed your exam. You're like, you haven't. And I'm saying, oh, I said like, thank you. I, 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 I was keep doubting myself, and I'm like, okay, he's, he didn't see my job. He's, he saw Jesus' jobs. So anyway, and then and then the inter and then I get the call for interview and and Fakhri, she I was so I was I was so stressed and none of my family member like could could like they, they couldn't be there like like physically and God knew who's the best person there. I took a, like a speech consultant, beauty consultant with me <laughs> to my interview session. Crazy, we were running late. I was stressed, and she was the most calming creature you can even imagine. And like, she canceled her clients to come there. And then, oh my God! And then, and then, and then, before like the, the retreat happened to be exactly between the day of the clinical exam and the day of uh, interview. I'm like. How this all happening? And in that re- retreat, I was talking to like you know everybody was like helping me with wisdom. Thomas like talked to me like stuff that I used when I was in the interview when I was like speechless. I didn't know what to come up. I just came up with one of the things that he said is not related to dentistry at all, but they liked it. <laughs> so, and then and then when I came out of interview, I was like. Super confident. I was like, I was fa- telling Factory, Factory, I got it. So I was like, and we came back. And then um, uh, three, two, three weeks later, I was thinking, oh my God, I didn't even send them a thank you note. Did I ruin everything with just not doing the last step right? And then <laughs> Patrick helped me drafting the best thank you note ever, the most professional. <laughs> so it's like that games that like you have a ball and like there is a line and you run and give it to the next person and that the next person run and, and then they get it to that destination. I was like, okay. okay. And then when this, when the result came out, I couldn't even believe it. Like I, 
There were a lot of people who had specialty from back home. There were a lot of people who had much more experience than me. There were a lot of people way younger than me. Like they were recent graduate, higher score than me, more research experience. I was like, but I couldn't, I couldn't believe that they were like, you know, calling me a doctor. I'm like, they're really, is it really me? I keep, I keep reading it and I'm like, no, it's not me. I'm like, it's me. happened to me the good news that Jesus is faithful Amen. when he make, when he when he makes a plan he stick to it he's faithful he ha, he, he, he opens door he does miracles he's even a dentist he knows how to like fix them all the while thank you let's just reach our hands out to come 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 Let's just reach our hands out to Elham. Father, we thank you for this faithful child. We ask you, Lord, that you bless her. And Lord, the way she has integrated herself with you, giving you the space where you can be king in her life. You have filled her house with gladness. And Lord, even now as we shout it, we are shouting to you and for your faithfulness. Father, as she embarks on her studies next September and as she qualifies We just ask, Lord, that the dream that you have placed in her heart for her to be a provider, to walk in the nature that you are, you who is the greatest provider, imprint her more and more with your character. And Lord, through her, as others watch her, as we watch her, may we also be encouraged to step into the destiny that you have for each one of us. May her testimony today be an encouragement to each one of us as we have heard it, an encouragement for her as well, to seal in her what you are doing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard a bunch of things in what she shared. I hope you heard them too. We sang it. May our homes be filled with gladness. We are shouting to the Lord. He is king over us. And all of this is fitting into what the timeline of the Lord. She was saying that I want to walk with him. I want to fulfill what he has in store. Trust him for his timeline. He has given his people a timeline. He has given each one of us a timeline. Our timelines are, to us, seeming independent. My timeline in my life is independent from your timeline. Or so it seems. But the reality is, all our timelines are being meshed, synchronized, aligned, So that they fit together into his timeline. And his timeline, he has made known to us. You know, in Amos, he says very clearly, God does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So there is a revelation that the Lord is giving to his church, to his body. And he tells us what he's up to. He told me what to share today. That's part of my prophetic nature as far as what he has put in me. Because he is the king, he is the prophet, he is the priest, he is the, the apostle, he is the evangelist, he is all of that, Jesus is. But his DNA being infused in each one of us, we now receive the ability to be like him, being reproduced, metamorphosized, we are being changed into his likeness. So what he possesses, 
being God himself now indwelt in a human form, Jesus. Jesus possesses the fullness of God's prophetic gift. He possesses the fullness of being a king. He possesses the fullness of being a priest. And he's imprinting each one of us with that fingerprint. So now we have the ability to hear. So Jean hears, she puts together a set for the worship. She tells the worship team, we're going to practice this. They show up, they do the rehearsal, they align their instruments, they do all of that. So they can declare prophetically, speak it out of their mouths and their instruments to release the prophetic sound of what is God's doing right now. You started to sing about the sound. There's a sound that's being released. All of these things, God has a timetable. And today is the last day of the year that he gave the people in the wilderness when he spoke to Moses, he gave them a calendar. And he told them that this is now your calendar. This is going to be on the first or the 14th day of the month. You're going to celebrate the Passover, the month of Nisan. That was the first month. And he gave them all the details. And that last couple of times, weeks ago, I shared with you. I put the slide up and I shared with you the timetable of the Lord from uh, Leviticus. I'm, I'm not going to show that now. But he, he started to talk about that. And as he showed that, as we began to understand the timetable, today is the last day of the sixth month of the Jewish calendar. And tomorrow is the first day of the new year. Their calendar year is different because they have multiple new years. This is the first day of what they celebrate as the year where the calendar changes dates. In other words, when you see a Jewish person today, you can tell them these words, Shana Tova. Anybody recognize that? Have you heard it before? Have you had any Jewish friends that you've heard talk to each other? Shana in Hebrew is very similar to the Arabic. Whenever you hear a Hebrew word that has a sh sound, if you speak Arabic, you should understand exactly what it means because you turn the sh to a s, and now you begin to understand it. So in Arabic, it would be sana. What does that mean? Anybody who speaks Arabic? Year. Okay. Tova in Hebrew means good. So basically, you're telling people, good year. Have a good year. Happy New Year, in other words. So tonight, this day, is what's called Erev in Hebrew. Erev means the eve. So tonight is New Year's Eve. So everybody who has a Jewish friend knows that tomorrow nobody Jewish is going to go to work. The kids are not going to go to school. Why? They're celebrating the new year. But what's important about it? Well, tonight is the last day of 5779. That's the calendar year that God gave his people. We make the mistake sometimes into thinking that it's the Jewish calendar. It's not. It's God's calendar that he trusted to the Jewish people in the same way that the Moses laws, Mosaic law, is not the Jewish people's law. It's God's law that he gave to the, to the Jewish people. The promises were to the Jewish people and through the Hebrew, I call them Jewish, but they were the Israelites, the people of Israel. So the people of Israel were the gatekeepers, as it were, the ones that were entrusted with this thing that they had to represent all of the world for until the Messiah that's promised to deliver all of humanity comes born through one family. It had to be a family. It could have been the Iranians, the Persians. It could have been the Egyptians. God picked Abraham because Abraham was faithful. And out of that, he birthed a family, the family of his grandson, Abraham's son Isaac, his son Jacob. God changes Jacob's name to Israel which means the prince of God, in other words, the son of God. 
As a matter of fact, when they were in Egypt, Moses goes and tells Pharaoh, let Israel, my son, go. God is saying. So he, he uses that to speak to us all kinds of things. He wants all of us to be his sons and daughters. He wants all of the nations to be his family. But we who are family, and we all understand what sibling rivalry is, rivalry is, when we see one of the brothers, one of the sisters excel, sometimes jealousies develop. And that's developed over the years, especially when the child that is being honored doesn't know how to handle himself very well. If he's a little bit spoiled, or he's a little bit this, or he's a little bit that. And that's historically what happened. And many nations hate Israel. Many nations don't like Israel. Many nations love Israel. And there's an alignment that's going back and forth. But that's a secondary story. Let's get to this. The, the year has been 5770 for some period, for the decade. Ten years ago, it was New Year's Eve, 5769. And it was switching to 5770. The letters in the Hebrew alphabet, like most alphabets, each letter has a numeric value. You know how in Roman numerals we have I as 1, 5 as V, X as 10, C as 100. All those letters have value. Not for trading, but like a numeric value. So you can write, you know, on the movies they would put it in Roman numerals for some reason. Right? Hebrew is the same. So the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the Aleph. And that's letter number one, the value one. After you get to 10, they don't continue 11, 12. They just go, the next one is 20. After the 10, after the 20, it becomes 30. So now the letter Ayin is the letter that has the value 70. So we are just finishing off 10 years that had seven something. So it would be 70, 71, 72, 73. But the 70 always is represented by the Ayin. And then it becomes Ayin Aleph, Ayin Bet, and so forth. You with me? Okay. What the Lord speaks to us through this is the word, the the letter Ayin, is also the same as the word Ayin, which in Hebrew, in Arabic, when I say Ayin, what does that mean? Okay. And in the, Hebrew, in the Arabic, there's actually a letter, a character named Ayn, right? Those of you who write Arabic? Ayn. You have it in Farsi. It looks, it looks similar to this, but flipped, rotated. The idea behind this is that this letter reminds us that God wants to focus on our eye. So for 70 years, the Lord has been speaking to his church, who now is the covenant people of God. And he's telling them that I want to deal with your eye. I want to de- and we, we shared this with you 10 years ago. I want to deal with how you see things. I want you to focus your eye up. Focus on me. Because then you will see me enthroned on my, on my throne. And all of that is built into the shape of the letter. So for 10 years, every one of us, to some degree or other, whether we knew it or not, The Lord has been nudging us, pulling us, aligning us to his timetable where we can begin to now focus our eyes on him so that we can see him and lift it up. We exalt you, right? We just finished singing it. We're seeing him high and lifted up. That was the 70s. But tomorrow, a new decade begins. We switch from the 70s to the 80s. And for the 80s, the number 80 is represented by the character Peh. Peh. Very similar to the Arabic character, feh. 
You have that in, in, in Iran and Farsi as well. You inherited that with Islam. When Islam came to Iran, the Farsi characters were put aside. Arabic characters were used. But the Hebrew character is this character here. And these characters, somehow, God allowed people to have the creativity to create them in such a way that he can use them to speak. So this character not only looks like a mouth. Do you see it? Not only looks like the mouth, but even the word or the, the sound pe implies words, mouth, speaking, expression. So, for the last 10 years, he's been focusing on our eyes, how we see things. In these last 10 years, he allowed us as churches to come to the place where we see what he's doing, and we stepped into the fact that we now come together as three churches. In your life, many of you have discovered him in a deeper way in the last 10 years, where you've entered a relationship with him deeper and deeper and deeper. Now he's taking us to the place that we can begin to express it out. He wants us to have, be his mouth. He wants us to be his mouthpiece. He wants us to be the ones that say, share, say it, express it. That's why as soon as Elham shared with me, I told her you have to share and you have to share today. Because she was sharing about what he's doing. What she saw earlier in the 10-year journey that she had discovering him, she actually saw him in 5779 at the time of the exam through the person that was handing out those materials. She says, I saw Jesus for the second time. She saw him. And she experienced him. And she's here testifying about it. And she wants to open her mouth and share about it. Those of you who know Hebrew or know Hebrew characters may be surprised by what this letter shows as well. Not surprised, but you may be seeing it. You know what negative space is? What is negative space? It's the opposite of what you see. When you see this letter, you see this. That's the pay. What is the negative space inside that letter pay? You see the, what I made brown? That's another letter in the Hebrew. It's a second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So that letter is the letter bet. Anybody know what bet means? It's, it doesn't mean you go bet. It means home. When God wrestled with Jacob and changed his name to Israel from Jacob, he said that this place, I'm going to name it something. And he called it Bethel, which means the house of God. Bethel, what we call Bethel. So may our homes be filled with gladness. May, our, may we shout your glory. May you reign over us as king. All of this is represented in these, three, uh, these two characters. Sorry. When you see him enthroned, you are exalted. You are our king. Why am I telling you this? Because in the midst of all of this, he wants to make a home in each one of us. He doesn't just want us to be mouthpieces. He doesn't want us to just be out there sharing everything that we know giving our heart or our mind to people, he wants to make each one of us a house. Behold, I stand at the door knocking. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him, eat with him. What do you do in a house? What do you do in your house? You get up in the morning, what do you do? You shower, you eat. 
At night, what do you do? You rest during the day. What do you do? You play, you work, you have fun, you have conversations, you invite people over. Those people end up leaving because it's your house. But God doesn't want to do that. He wants to build a house inside each one of us, and he wants to come in and stay in that house. He wants to live in that house. So what happens in that house comes out of that house with his presence inside each of us. So what we are speaking is actually his presence, his dwelling. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to send you another, the comforter, the spirit of God who has been promised. The father will send him to you and he will live with you. He will live in you and he will teach you and guide you to say everything you need to say. When she didn't know what to say, she goes stuck. She remembered her brother who had said something to her at the retreat. And the words that came out was because we are all being aligned one by one with him. Our alignment with him is critical. You can't tell me I'm being aligned with him and you don't align with the brothers and sisters in the house. Because the alignment with him, imagine he is center. And your arrow is pointing to him. And my arrow is pointing to him. If both of our arrows are pointing to him, eventually we will become totally joined together in oneness. He is building that with each one of us. So in this 10 years, he's giving you a choice. Are you going to make me a house that I can dwell in? Who will build me a house? Will you build him a house? Will you open your heart that he can dwell in your house? Will you allow him to enter into your house and take house, not as a visit, but to make it his own house? Which means there are things that are going to have to change. The house that she was in had dogs. She was allergic to that house. She couldn't dwell in that house. There are things in our lives that God is allergic to because he is pure and holy. And there are things that are toxins to his presence. Things that turn him off. He wants us to be rid of those things. Or else he will go find another house that is clean. She, ha- she had a house. She had a room. She invited her. She didn't invite her just to come and be a guest. This is your house. Here's your food. Here's your things. Go and do live. You are living in my house. This is now your house. And that's what he wants to do with us. You saw it in a testimony. He wants to do it in real, just like he did with Elham in each one of us. This is just the beginning. This isn't, this, this, your story isn't th- this. This is just the opening of the door. But he wants to do that with each one of us. Will you make his home in your heart? Will you allow him to now be the king of that house? Because then he can speak through you. Then your mouth becomes his mouth. Then you can speak with authority. And it has weight on it. It isn't just your own ideas because they sound good. Philosophies or ideas or even things you heard from the pulpit or from reading the Bible. Reading the Bible and telling it to people is good. But it's useless if he's not in it, flowing through it, himself being released in it. This is where we are. So Shana Tova, we're about to turn the page. Tomorrow morning will be a brand new decade. And you will enter into it. You are being aligned by God into this new thing. I am being aligned into this new thing. Together he is aligning us and bringing us to where he needs us to go. But we need to do one thing. We need to do one thing. And that was one of the other songs. And in that song, we all sang, yes, Lord. We all shouted it, yes, Lord. We have a prophet friend from the States, Kathy Pelton. She has been sharing with us in in June. She typed something up and she shared that for the last number of months, I've been to different meetings. And in those meetings, the presence of God comes so thick. 
And in the midst of that presence, something happened, even though it's not planned by the worship leaders. Today it was planned. She heard it. It wasn't planned by the worship leaders, but all of a sudden there's a spontaneous response to his presence, and we all shout, yes, Lord, as we sing it. We sang it. Let's mean it. Let's be transformed by it. Let's make our lives expression of yes, Lord, because as we do, he will use us to become his mouthpiece, to release his own glory through us, and we will be amazed. All of you who had touched Elham's life were delighted. And she was sharing with me. I told her, make sure you remember every person and name them by name. And she did. One, to honor you, but more importantly, to show you that you are part of the picture of what God is doing. We, each one of us is. So let's stand up. Let's give him a big shout. Thank him for what he's doing and welcome him into this new year as we enter into his new year. It's his year, not ours. It's not the Israelis or the, the Jewish people's New Year's. It's his new year. He wants us to align with him. Amen? Amen? So, Father, we thank you. And we say to you, Lord, you are glorious. You are good. You are exalted. You are enthroned over all things. We give you our mouths. We give you our hearts. We give you our spirits. And we say to you, Lord, come and dwell. Make your home with us. Don't just make it a visit. We have a room for you. We have the whole house for you. We don't want to lock you up in one room and say, don't come out of there. We want to give you keys to the house. We want to give you access to the fridge and to the kitchen and to the bedroom and to the basement and the electrical room and all the rooms of the house. You are king over our lives. Be exalted. We bless you. We thank you. And we invite you for more. Come in your power. Come in your glory. Show us areas that we have dogs and allergies that you need to be rid of. And we will get rid of them. We don't want you moving out. We want you to stay and adjust and be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Glory to his name. Guys, one of the mothers in the house wants two minutes of our time. Please let's give her that. Come up here. You don't need to apologize. Come up here. But it's very important. I promised this lady in the nursing home. Uh, today I was there too. A few weeks ago I saw this lady. I know her. She's not old. She is maybe 72. I didn't ask her uh, age. But... Uh, She's okay. She walks with the walkers. Even she walks outside. Her name is Linda. And uh, I see her very nice lady. I saw her that day, three weeks, a month ago. Her arm is all uh, bandage. with bandage. And uh, I said, uh, Linda, what happened? What happened to your arm? She said, it's a long story. She cuts herself. My heart was aching for her. I said, uh, Linda, how did you uh, cut your hand? I said, by, um, I thought by accident. She said, no, look at my arm, the second arm. This is my sickness. I cut myself all the time. And I said, uh, Linda, do you believe in Jesus? She said, yes. Are you Christian? She said, yes. How, how can you do this to yourself? Linda, Jesus loves you. 
I will pray for you. She said, okay. I, st- I start praying for her. We were in the dining room. And I saw her next week again. Her arms is the same bandage. And uh, today, and I keep asking her, how is your arm? How's? Today I said, Linda, since I went inside the nursing home and I saw her sitting in uh, front of the door, I said, Linda, why are you sitting here this, uh, this morning? She said, oh, I'm waiting. Somebody is going to come and pick me up to take me to church. She goes to church. And I said, uh, Linda, how is your arm still with bandage? She said, it's all infected. And they are gi- and giving me medication. It's, it's not helping. I said, okay, Linda, you promised me that you're not going to do this again before you promised me. And now you have to promise me that you're going to be with Jesus all the time. Whenever enemy attacks you, because enemy, he attacks us, we're his children. You're going to tell him, get out of here. Get lost. You don't belong in me. This what we do, Linda. If you're a child of Jesus and you love Jesus, you have to do this. She said, you're right. And I said, Linda, enemy attacks everybody, especially when we love Jesus. But, you know, Jesus is stronger than the enemy. When you tell him, sometimes uh, I can't sleep at night and I start thinking stuff, so I should do, uh, I can't sleep. Right away, I recognize that this is the enemy. And I'll tell him, you don't belong here. And I sleep right away. And you... You're going to do the same thing when the enemy tells you, do this to yourself. You're going to tell him, get lost. Go behind me. You don't belong here. She said, okay, I'll do that. She's a very nice lady. I'm telling you this. I want you guys. I promised her I'm going to pray for her, and I'm praying for her. I want you all to pray for Linda. She's a very nice lady. God bless you and bless her too. Let's pray quick now. Thank Would you pray? The words that mom just said, we say yes, Jesus. That you aren't going to bother Linda anymore and that she's going to know that you're stronger in her than the enemy is coming against her. We say, yes, Jesus. I can't hear you. We agree that the bondage that the enemy has tried to put on this woman was broken at the cross when Jesus died and rose and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And Linda is going to be a free woman. And we agree with the freedom that Jesus declares over Linda. And we say, yes, Jesus. We can't wait to hear the victory stories, God. Wonderful week.
Go home, make a home in your home, make a home in your heart. Make sure he will dwell in a good place. God bless you all.